Welcome to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast, the home of behind-the-scenes interviews, stories, and memories that celebrate the heritage of the great game of hockey. The Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast is hosted by Mark Willand. Today's guest is Shannon Lewandowski. Now, Shannon is not an ex-pro hockey player, but he is an integral part of the hockey community. Shannon is a financial planner in Greater St. Louis and an avid adult hockey player who created the popular LinkedIn group Hockey Players Doing Business Together in 2010. That group has since grown to over 41,000 members and has recently merged with Hockey Players in Business, an international not-for-profit network designed to help former and current hockey players build their business networks, continue their professional development, and most importantly, give back to the sport that has helped shape us all. This episode of the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast is sponsored by Pro Stock Hockey, your online source for authentic pro stock hockey equipment, sticks, gloves, and all the rest. If the pros don't use it, they don't sell it. Visit ProStockHockey.com. Shannon, back in 2010, you had the uh, foresight to create a hockey networking group on LinkedIn that has grown to over 41,000 people or had grown to over 41,000 people. Tell me a little bit about your motivation to start that group and how that all transpired and how you built such a, a, a loyal following. Yeah, Mark. Um, you know, thinking back at that time, it's funny. I can look back at the date it was created and it was two days after my first son was born. So I can imagine myself sitting in a hospital <laughs> thinking about uh, needing to uh, feed a few extra mouths and, uh, and, and, and really where it stemmed from was playing men's league here in St. Louis. And uh, after the game, you know, walk in the parking lots and you see the guys getting in seven series BMWs and Porsches and Range Rovers. And, you know, I'd always, I'd, I'd use LinkedIn as a tool to, to see what they did for a living. Now, most of the time I had to figure out, cause you only hear nicknames on the bench. So you got to kind of figure out what their first and last names are. But right. um, once I, once I got there, um, you know, I, I would look them up and see, and, you know, one guy was a dentist, one guy was a business owner, another was attorney, and, you know, it just kind of clicked for me, you know, here we, you know, we play this amazing game and, and, and meet, meet some of our best friends for life through the game and, and so many great players and, and friends throughout the years. Why not, if I needed someone from a professional level, like I started using that dentist, right? Like why not support each other when we know what we do for a living professionally now that we're, you know, out making a living and, and, and not playing competitively anymore, at least, um, as, as we grew up as kids. So, so that, that's really where it started. I was like, okay, well, you know, why not, let's call it hockey players doing business together, you know, not, not talking about business, but actually doing business together and, and, and trying to create some, some relationships of, you know, here's my Rolodex of people. If I need a painter, Oh, Jimmy's a painter and he, you know, he plays Wednesday nights or you need a new dentist or you need a realtor, or you need a financial advisor, whatever it is that, that you're looking for. I think the, what we have as a, as a, as hockey players is, you know, it's pretty special and it's very unique. 
And so there's, there's that commonality that then I think a, an immediate level of trust. Um, and, and that, that to me is what, what made it click. Right. It's a unique cultural subset, so to speak, hockey players. It's the one sport that avid hockey players don't give up when they are through playing uh, organized hockey, if you will. Um, if you play high school hockey, you, you, you play peewee, bantam, whatever, a higher percentage of hockey players, I think, continue to play. And what would you say, What what is the, I know you when you talk about this group, you talk about the bond and the commonality and the shared experiences, but what is it about the hockey player mentality that makes them maybe a little more unique than other sports groups? I mean, I think you, you, well, I don't know. I, I, I like the, uh, I love the clothing line out of California called violent gentlemen. Right. <laughs> um, most words put together just, just fit, fit magnificently. Right? right. Um, because I think that that's it. There's, there's that, there's that code, right. That no matter, we're going to play hard against each other, but as soon as the game's over, we're going to shake hands and, and, and just be, just all around good people. And I think that's important. I think um, we, we, we're used to working well in, well in teams. We're used to being role players. Um, and, and kind of that, that brotherly, you know, although, and I'm not, not just saying there's males in the game, obviously there's an amazing growth in, in the woman's game, but, but there's that, that, that like sibling part that, uh, that bond that we create, whether we like the people or not, there are several teammates over the years that I might not have got along with the best, but when the, when the, when the game was going, I was sticking up for them and uh, anywhere I can, because that's, that's what we were about. And I think that, that, that holds true with life and business. Hey, especially if we meet through hockey, I'm, I'm going to do a great job for you because this, that's what we do, right? We take care of each other. Right. As you said, it's almost like a, a code. It's almost understood. And that's uh, the beautiful thing about it. Um, so you've grown this group to high. Did you ever expect to have 40,000 plus hockey players, including ex-NHL players? Uh, it really runs the gamut. Uh, did you ever expect to have that type of uh, response and that type of growth? I mean, no. I would say that you know I, I did. I never expected that when first launching. Now, over the years, watching things grow, we passed uh, USA Hockey at like twelve thousand five hundred members or something like that. Like that was a big deal to me. And then, then I started doing research and and trying to find out. Okay, well, I mean, we have something here, right? There, we we know there's a big community out there of, of hockey people that, that, that have these kind of same, um, the, the same bloodline. Right. So now where can our reach really go? And, uh, so then, so then, yes, then the possibilities became, well, we're just really scratching the surface. Uh, because there's, there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, people that played the game, even if only for a season at one point in their life, let alone the guys that are 
still playing. I, I love your point you brought up earlier. Uh, you know, it is one of the only sports that you can continue to play until you're, I mean, what was, did you see the article? It was like the 90 year old guy playing right. hockey still. I, oh, I can only hope. Oh, I know. I work, I work uh, very closely with the Boston Bruins alumni and those obviously are ex NHL players and different, but we play generally adult hockey players every, every week. And, you know, it's great to see it. I mean, the, the, the love for the game never ends. These guys, for the Bruins' sake, Terry O'Reilly, Rick Middleton, Ray Bork, Kenny Lindsman, on and on, they still love to get out there and play, and they can still play it at a high level. On the other hand, the guys who are playing against them love it as well. So, uh, yeah, it's just a very – there's just something special about hockey. And uh, like you said, it just has – that ability, the, the, lo- the love for the game, the camaraderie, I think, extends far beyond what, what most sports uh, achieve. But looking back at yourself, speaking about the love of the game, tell us a little bit about uh, you grew up in the St. Louis area, I'm assuming. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about your, your hockey background. Sure. Um, first set of skates at three. Um, started playing mini mites uh, at the Afton organization here in St. Louis, and and played through there um, till midgets, and then uh, I played for the I guess uh, one of the first AAA teams here in St. Louis was the St. Louis Crusaders. Um, did get a stint there, and really we just traveled around and got our butts kicked all over the country. Um, but it was uh, you know played some high school here in St. Louis, played for the St. Louis Junior Blues. Uh, had a cup of coffee in Billings, Montana, and uh, and then really been beer leagues ever since. What uh, speaking of the St. Louis Blues, uh, what's your? I'm assuming you were a Blues fan growing up, and um, maybe you were there with the Brett Hull era, uh, Adam Oates. But to tell us about you, what, what's your your favorite memory of St. Louis Blues NHL hockey? Man, that is a fantastic question. Um, you know, my, my dad had season tickets for 25 years in the old arena. And I still can remember back being a kid at, at, at some of those Blues Blackhawks games in the, in the 80s and 90s were unbelievable. The electricity in the buildings and, and, and fights on the ice and off. Um, <laughs> it was it was truly a special time for the NHL uh, and the St. Louis Blues. I mean, we had some amazing players come through here. You know, you mentioned, you know, uh, Brett Hall and Al McGinnis, Chris Pronger, Curtis Joseph, uh, Bernie Federico, Brian Sutter, Keith Kachuk. I and mean, we've had some legends come through here. Right. Wayne Gretzky. And uh, Wayne, yeah, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Um, Grant Fuhrer. I mean, we, we literally Marty Brodeur. I mean, we we've had some unbelievable players come through here, and uh, you know, you brought up the the Bruins alumni yesterday. I actually got to partake in a St. Louis Blues alumni event down at Scott Trade Center and got to skate with some guys. And um, I mean, the Blues uh, Alumni Association is amazing here in St. Louis and does so much for our community. Um, you know, Terry Yake runs it here. Uh, Cam Jansen, Reed Lowe, uh, let's see, Larry Patey was on the ice yesterday, Mike Zook, Jamie Rivers, Bruce Affleck. I mean, these again, these guys are out still playing and having a blast. A lot of fun. A lot yeah, of fun. the Blues do a, a great job, the alumni. I I, I know Terry Yake uh, somewhat. I used to uh, work for the Hartford Whalers when he came up as a rookie. And um, 
But I, I see a lot of guys uh, settling in the St. Louis area, and certainly the alumni there has been, uh, including John Wensink, who comes up and plays with us now and again. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's good to see that. What a great uh, a great tradition of St. Louis Blues hockey. And I can go back to the original expansion Blues who would win the Western Division uh, consistently. Then through the some of the lean years in the middle there, uh, Gary Younger being the uh, the highlight, and then the uh, the big rebirth year of 1980-81, and they got Wayne Babbage, Bernie Federko, and Brian Sutterline, and Mike Leute. And uh, but it's been a, yeah. a great, uh, great tradition, and the fans were always uh, loud and enthusiastic. And as a franchise that came within a whisker of, of collapsing on a couple of occasions, almost moving to Saskatchewan or Hamilton, and uh, they persevered. And now, obviously, one of these stellar franchises in the league. Going back to your LinkedIn group, uh, I've noticed now that you have combined forces. Uh, merged with another group, Hockey Players in Business. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, last year, <clears throat> a gentleman named Rob McKinley, uh, who's out of Cleveland, Ohio, he's a Canadian and <laughs> married in Ohio, and Ohio girl, um, but uh, he had reached out to me and, and said, Shannon, you know, it's crazy. I think, you know, last year we had, uh, we had kind of put together a, a group of you know, hockey guys locally and, and that we're doing some business together and, and created a, a 501c3 nonprofit and called Hockey Players in Business. And we've done a couple events and here, you know, we have 200 paid members. So that, that's one of the main differences is that that is that site, it's $50 a year to be a member of Hockey Players in Business it's it's amazingly cheap and inexpensive for for the value that you get um and i'll I'll go through that in a second but um you know he's like we're we're doing similar things um tell me a little bit about your vision and 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 reasons behind this and what are your goals and and i told him and i said what are your struggles and you know structure was is a it was something that it's difficult to create right how do we especially on your own, right? Like one thing I, I'm very, very good at connecting people and, and really seeing and bringing value to people in groups. Um, but, but having structure behind creating an organization and running a website and, and doing marketing and doing advertising and doing events and really taking this thing nationwide, that takes some structure and, and, and Rob brings that to the table. So um, I flew up to Cleveland and, and we, uh, we talked and met in person and, you know, really talked about things and what we, how we envision moving forward. And, and it was just such a great fit. The one part, you know, so they have, there's really three parts to hockey players in business. And that's, you know, network, learn and give back. And the third part of that, I did not have in my vision, you know, I wish I would have thought of it. Right. But, right. Uh, but that they had, and that's, you know, this money, the $50 annual that, that goes, we, none of us are taking a salary. None of us are taking income from this. Uh, we have some administrative costs for website um, development, but we want to give this money back to the game we love. So our goal by 2000, the end of 2019 is to have 5,000, 5,000 paying members. That would put us at 250,000 in annual revenue. 
that we could turn around and, and give some to, you know, USA Hockey or Hockey Fights Cancer, or um, we want to do an event where maybe we we offer a forty or fifty thousand um, dollar grant to uh, to learn to play program around the country and do a contest of who gets it. Um, and we we want to make an impact in the game we love. Right. And that again is typical of hockey in general. Hockey players, people in the hockey community always have the, or from my experience, a, a strong desire and a strong sense of duty to return the favor, so to speak, give back to the game, give back to the community. And I am very impressed that that's one of the core tenets uh, of this new group, hockey players in business. Going from here, Shannon, um, do you have any upcoming events that uh, folks would uh, need to know about? Uh, what, what type of chapters we have right now and what's coming up on the, on the horizon? Yeah, so great question. Uh, we just had two fantastic events, uh, one in, in Cleveland and one here in St. Louis. Uh, Chris Zimmerman, the CEO of the Blues, along with two other local CEOs, David Broso and Steve Albers, uh, did a CEO panel and, and and shared some 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 knowledge and some information about about how hockey has impacted them professionally and contacts they've made through the game that have helped them out later on and you know what 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 kind of values and things do you bring to the boardroom that you learned in a locker room right mm -hmm. um, but going forward I know New York City has an event that's coming up soon the best thing I can say is to check our website. So if you go to hockeyplayersinbusiness.org, um, you can you can check the events. Um, first thing I would do is join. Uh, but the second thing after that is check the events and the chapters. We have chapters launching in about nine major cities o over the next 60 days. So Detroit, Chicago, um, Boston, um, oh, New York City, Phoenix, LA. So these are all popping up like, I mean, right now. So we have a, we have a, a phone call with all the chapter presidents next week, um, letting them, you know, kind of just all getting on the same page. What, you know, what do these events look like? How do we, how do we get them started? And then where do we go from there? Um, the one thing that's, you know, I, I've learned that, or I guess would say confirmed a, a, a group is only as strong as its members. And that's what's been true about this LinkedIn group that I created. And but I, it's the people inside it that make it value. It's not. It's not what I bring. I just help create, bring people together. It's the it's the strength of the members. And so that goes true with each chapter too, right? I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of hockey people in each community. These events could be anywhere from 50 to 150 to 250 people, depending on who's in charge of the group. So another part I didn't mention is when we do local events, then that money that's donated or that, that is, that is raised from that event goes to a local hockey charity. So here in St. Louis, the event we did, we, that money is being donated to a local organization called the man advantage, which is a nonprofit that helps pay, pay for hockey dues for children that lose a parent. How amazing. Right. Oh, absolutely. Hockey is one sport where, so, yeah, if you have an issue like that in your family 
it's not like basketball or something where maybe you need a pair of shoes. I mean, obviously there's a huge commitment there. So to be able to address that with yeah. this group is uh, very commendable. So what we, we've, we've tried to do is say, okay, if you have a major speaker for an event, ask them what local hockey, because we, we don't care. We want to make sure that it goes to a hockey-based um, organization that's a nonprofit. Right. And so, but we want to spread it out. So it's not like every event goes to one. We want to spread it out throughout our communities. But we thought it's important for, for the local communities to feel this as well. And that's what's most exciting. Well, absolutely. Well, Shannon, we appreciate the time today. I really want to commend you. Uh, Networker extraordinaire has put a lot of people together for the benefit of, of everybody. And now with um, your new venture and your new uh, uh, merged efforts here, are able to add that last piece of it in, which is giving back to the community. And we'll look forward to uh, keeping a close eye on that. And perhaps uh, we're in the Massachusetts area, of course, and getting involved in the the uh, Boston chapter. So, uh, again, we thank you for taking the time today. Good luck going forward, and we look forward to speaking to you again at some time soon. Sounds great. Take care. Thanks, Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prohockeyalumni.org. This episode of the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast is sponsored by Pro Stock Hockey, your online source for authentic pro stock hockey equipment, sticks, gloves, and all the rest. If the pros don't use it, they don't sell it. Visit ProStockHockey.com.